We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome back to the Roadwire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We are back because the Premier League is back. And joining me, sorry, I am Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Roadwire. Joining me, Jordan Cooper and Ryan Belongi. We had so many people asking who was going to be on the podcast. Is it going to be Ryan? Is it going to be Jordan? Is it going to be Luis? Who's it going to be? So we got both of you guys. So uh, welcome back. You got the fancy music, right? The fancy in in that little TV thing across the screen. You made some upgrades while I was gone. I was going to say, it's been like two months, but thank you for noticing. Thank you for watching all the podcasts that Ryan and I did uh, during the Euros. That they were, included great. That they were great every day. And then I, I'll, I'll listen to, to how Andrew lost and then go, okay, I didn't do that and, and move on to the next thing. I'm just glad now that EPL is back that they're, they're back to the normal slates that we actually have, like, we actually have slates and not an eight hour mess of just three games. Do you guys think that? more people will play because of that or do you think it's not it doesn't matter it, it seems like more people would play at least some i mean i think the staggered start times definitely deter people i think in ge- i think in general uh just a saturday morning you know s- small soccer lobby i mean epl you know gets decent prize pools i just i just think that maybe the focus should be more on the champions league midweek because more people are up and more and there's more goals that get scored because even with even with these five games at the same time type of slates and we'll get that some of them will be four uh they don't put the good teams typically the the island games yeah. are the ones with the, you know you'll see you know maybe man they'll put one featured team at 10 a.m and then the other four games will be be you know look, Look at this. Brighton versus Burnley. I mean, look at this slate. I don't mind that. You, yeah, I was going to say, this is a Jordan slate if I've ever seen one. Right. Of course, I don't mind that. But, I mean, most people would rather see the exciting teams and goals getting scored. At least it's a with five games going at the same time, I think it's a better sweat. Um, and I think you don't have to, you know, do anything. Once the slate locks, you're done. So it should, you know, bring some more people, at least at the start. Yeah, we'll note, even though we never actually talk about FanDuel, but FanDuel's still keeping the late game on the slate, the 12.30 Eastern, but DraftKings is not, which I personally prefer. The The late game, after staggered start times, and then having to, if we had to deal with a late game, it's just like, oh, it's still more of the same, but five games is like a perfect simultaneous start. But The, the late game is meant not to be on the main slate. It's meant to tilt enter when you lose on the main slate. So you, you enter the showdown. Right. That's what it's supposed to be for. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, no, like, uh, I mean, I like no, having the late game on there from a strategy perspective, at least. But I get it. it. It makes more sense not to have it on there. Yeah, It's better. Keep it as a showdown. Chance to win your money back after you brick the main slate. <laughs> <laughs> you mean double down after you crush the main slate, right? That's Does anybody too, actually yeah, like, do that? No, like I, if you were like, I do the opposite. I do the opposite. And that's when it's like, oh, I want enough. Now I just want to take a nap. Right. Right. I, I don't think I've ever like crushed a main slate, you know, and be like, you know what? It's all going into showdown. Um, when I when I when I can tell that I'm going to do really well, I'll play a little extra throughout the, the day. A lot of times. Ryan's a big believer in, in getting hot. 
as a DFS player getting hot. And so he's... Um, I, I don't know necessarily about getting hot, but <laughs> it's nice to um, be a little more flush and have your confidence high. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so we are going with a slightly new format just uh, in order to really take advantage of the expertise of Jordan and Ryan. But we're going to go through some cash constructions to begin with, and then we'll get into some GPPs. We've had a lot of uh, feedback that some people really like the cash discussions because they play a bunch of cash. And some people are like, I don't care about Tom Cleverly. I'd like to talk about guys who could actually win tournaments. And so we're going to try to get that all done today. Uh, this opening slate is, I think, a little tough for cash games just because there are, I feel like there are a lot of different ways you can go. Like, I think constructions are generally going to be the same, but there are guys in certain tiers. It's like, if you like this guy, then you probably can't play this guy. Uh, and there are just a couple of those in each position. And as weird as it sounds, we've got like a lot of forwards that we can play. And I think we could even see some three forward lineups. Jordan, you, the look on your face makes me think that you don't necessarily agree. No, no, I agree. I think midfield is actually the weakest position on the slate. Yeah. Uh, and we, uh, if just to, just to go over the five games for for people that are so so they know, Chelsea are the biggest favorite at home, right? They're at home, right? Yes. Okay, I can never know what the, if I have the American version up or the but the, which way. Okay, so Chelsea are at home minus three three fifty four favorite. Uh, oh, the, I mean the over under on these games are are low. It's two and yeah. a half in that game. Uh, and then the next biggest favorite is Everton. No, Leicester minus one thirty nine currently. Uh, at home against Wolves. Uh, then we have uh, Everton minus 105 at home against Southampton. That's a two and a quarter total. Uh, then we have, uh, then it's uh, Aston Villa is a slight favorite, plus 139 away to Watford. And uh, Brighton is a slight favorite, plus 155 away to Burnley with the lowest total on the slate at two. Uh so, so Andrew, like we normally say, when we have one fa- uh, team, you're just getting as much Chelsea as possible. Now, I'm not saying that that's the right move. I'm that's why I'm 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 leading you, Andrew. I'm leading, leading it to it's like oh, people will look. Oh, Chelsea's the biggest favorite. Uh, let me let me let me play four or five Chelsea guys. My I think the Chelsea presents like a number of problems with with cash games. One of which is that they their implied total is just not high enough to be like, oh, I'm going to go play Werner and Havertz and Mount and, and get them all. Like, I don't think you need to target goals, even though they're the biggest favorite. And their set piece situation is just an absolute mess that you kind of, I feel like you have to roster everyone or consider everyone from Chelsea of, would I pay this price if they have zero set pieces? And I don't think necessarily the answer is no to all of them, but I think it's like tough to say like if Mount starts will he get every set piece because we have somewhat recent evidence that he will not. But we've also seen that before where all of a sudden it's like Reese James and Ben Chilwell are splitting them. And then once we get comfortable with that, Mount takes over again. And so I, I went through like a number of cash constructions and the lineups I like the best, full faded Chelsea. Wow. Really? Okay, because I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna put it out there. I think there are five total cash plays that I would on on Chelsea's line. Mm-hmm. Okay, five total. Okay, because now we're yep. not going position by position. So just we're we're talking about cash in general. Yeah. Uh, and they're all viable, but they're not priorities. So like, if you have one of these five in your lineup, I don't call you crazy. I think yep. number one is Mason Mount. At nine thousand, at the midfield position, midfield is weak. Yeah. So, and you could pay down at forward, and you don't have to pay up at forward. Uh, you don't have to pay up at goalkeeper. Uh, you don't have you don't have to pay up the defender at both of your spots. So, I could see in that type of construction mount, but understand that nine thousand dollar mount is like priced for nearly a monopoly of set pieces. And if he doesn't have that, he's he's kind of overpriced. He still has a floor. But it's a sneaky low floor without set pieces. On the other hand, I believe Ryan mentioned this in his article, Timo Werner at 8,100 in your forward spot 
There are other forwards that have floors that you can play in your cash lineup. But Timo Werner, I don't believe, is going to be popular in cash. But I don't think that it's crazy to play him because you think of him as goal-dependent, but he actually has a sneak. I think Werner is a better play than Mount from a combination of floor and ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mount, unless he has an unless unless you tell me Mount has a monopoly of set pieces, Werner has a higher ceiling. I mean, like Werner has a floor of six or seven and and a ceiling of you know a hat trick, and Mount doesn't have that. He may have the same floor, but not the similar ceiling. So I'm going to take the guy that's eight hundred dollars less that fills a forward spot, which is not ne- not necessary this slate, because uh, you could also put him. You could put guys in the forwards in the midfield spot this slate. So I look at that. Now, As a, between those two, then we have the other three. And let me just throw out there. One of the five is, is Mendy, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Right? So you're paying up a goalkeeper. So we don't have to – the highest favorite, but they're always going to be viable. You know, you just pay up for the best clean sheet and win odds. And then you have the two the two fullbacks. Then you have uh, the wingbacks or whatever. They play in the, the three-back uh, formation, so they're playing as wingbacks. So James and Chilwell. Now uh, – I think they're worth paying up for. They're, they're, the, these defenders are traditionally underpriced for their floor ceiling combination. I mean, like, I probably between both of them could get eight to ten points each. Do I have to play both of them? Not necessarily, but I think I'm probably playing one of them. But I wouldn't call you nuts if you play, but if you just play both of them. But I think in an entire cash lineup, outside of Mendy, the goalkeeper. I don't see myself playing more than two in a cash lineup. Like I don't, I see, I don't see myself playing Werner and Mount, and I don't see myself necessarily playing. Uh, like I could play the two fullbacks together. I could play one of the fullbacks with Werner. I could play Mount and one of the fullbacks, or both of the fullbacks. Like I see, like that is the cash construction. GPP is obviously people may load up on all four of them. So truthfully, I don't even think. Uh, Stacking Chelsea with those guys is is even great for GPP because I just think they're going to be too old. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, Sorry, come just, on, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be very worried if I had zero Chelsea guys in cash, Andrew. I'm I'm, interest, <laughs> I'm interested to hear that lineup. Um, yeah, I really like Chilwell and James. I think they're better than the midfielders for that same price. I definitely think you could play both of them. I think you could pay, play three defenders. One thing I'll say, you know, we, we don't like love targeting Chelsea because of all the, the points that you guys made, but this matchup with Crystal Palace is especially good. Um, they're a great team uh, for, fa- for fantasy points uh, to get scored against them. They, they, they really struggle possessing the ball. They look to be a bit worse this year. Uh, I think there's a lot of peripherals out there. Even Timo Werner, like Jordan mentioned, definitely has a floor. Um, He's too cheap. If when you combine the goal scoring odds, you wouldn't normally think of him as a cash play, but I'd have no problem with it here. Coming from someone who doesn't play much cash, I know, but these Chelsea guys look pretty good to me. I think Mount without set pieces, yeah, you you could definitely fade. Um, it's risky, like Andrew said. You know, sometimes he'll be offsets and then uh, jump back on them. But Chilwell and James were splitting them to end the season, and uh, in the Super Cup game uh, yesterday. Uh, they had the wingbacks take them again. It was Marcus Alonso and Callum Hudson-Odoi. So that definitely makes me worry about um, Mount's set pieces. But uh, I do like Chelsea. So, Andrew, if you're playing no Chelsea, who the hell are you playing in your lineups? Mm. I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But, like, do you consider James if it's clear that he's in the back three? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Okay, so... I faded him in that spot like every time last season and it actually ended up costing me a few times. Like he, when he was on set pieces, he was still taking, taking the right-sided corners, the right-sided free kicks, and even, even open play crosses from, from when he gets the ball passed back to him. Uh, He takes more long shots from that position. I I wouldn't like it as much. Like I'd still, you know, I'd be tempted to fade him, especially in tournaments. 
Um, but yeah, I think he's still viable. Okay, that's fair. So I think the the Mendy option, like I, I agree with everything that you guys said. Uh, I I think it's really Chilwell and James are like the closest to being like the easier cash plays. And I we've been saying like midfield is like the worst position to fill. And I don't think it's because we have no options. Like I think there are definitely guys to play, but they're all just kind of expensive. Like there aren't that many cheap guys to play, but like if you don't play Mount, you can certainly play another forward. I think we have news today that James Ward-Prowse is probably going to play. Like I think he's one of the midfield spots. I think you play him easily over Mount at least. And you probably play both of them if we knew Mount was have, had set pieces, but we don't. The like uh, Emiliano Buendia from Aston Villa probably takes set pieces. I think there's a possibility that Leon Bailey, if he starts, could take a few. But like I think Buendia is usually a very good play, uh, particularly against Watford, even though they're away. I think those are like the the main guys you go to. Other than this, like I feel like it's just a long list of forwards who are also midfield eligible that you can play guys that we play all the time in cash, like Dwight McNeil and Pascal Gross, even with uh, Solly March back. Um, Ken Sima, I think some people will look at for Watford because he's so cheap. James, like I, I think there are just a lot of guys that we play that in order to get multiple Chelsea pieces, you're kind of ending up with at least, it feels like at least one guy you don't want to play, if not two. I, I, I totally get... Chilwell and James, like I think they're uh, probably Chilwell more is better is better play than like Lucas Dina, but I think he's another really good play. So I just feel like everywhere where you have a Chelsea option, there's someone else you can play that even though they don't have as good of a matchup, I think they median outcome is roughly the same. And I guess if from the regular cash perspective of like I'll just play the higher own guy, and if more people gravitate to Chelsea, then that's what you do. But I'm just not sure all of the Chelsea guys are significantly better plays than other guys in the range, which is why I kind of was like, well, I could play like instead of playing Chilwell and James, I'll just play Chilwell and Dina. And I don't necessarily have to play pay up for Mendy. And Werner, we're, we even say, is kind of a borderline cash play and I'm not playing Mount. So it's like, why am I paying playing for Chelsea guys? For the ceiling. I think that's the main difference. I mean, if we take a look at the forward eligible players that you'd play in cash, okay? This this is what my list of forward eligible players that you that you that you could play in cash outside of what we just talked about. We have the Aston Villa guys and we don't know what the hell's good. This is a new team. Grealish is in there. They got these guys in. El, it could be El, the front 3 with Ings up top could be El Ghazi, Buendia and uh and Bailey. Good luck figuring it like at that point I don't even care who takes set pieces unless it's shown that some one of them takes all of them. Okay, that's fair. Because who knows? John McGinn could be taken set. I mean, it, like that Aston Villa situation, like they're all good guys. The Aston Villa is DFS friendly, but they're not these guys aren't cheap. And Watford is actually a very good defensive team. So, like, unless one starts and the others don't, like for this particular slate, I'm less inclined to play Aston Villa players in my cash lineup. I think take a shot on GPP, but I look at uh, James, McNeil, uh, Gross, and then you get down to like, like let's say like even Nathan Redmond. If you, I, this is not a dinky do slate because there's no midfielders to really pay up for enough that you're going to go down. Well, you're going to play Ken Seema and Nathan Teller or something like that. Like it's not one of those types of types of slates. But I do the I agree. It's it's weird. Me and Ryan. Even though Ryan doesn't play cash, I've been playing more higher stakes cash games where you may need to consider ceiling slightly more. Uh, I, especially with what at least has been covered in the media with what he's been saying at uh, at Everton with Benitez trying to get rid of him. Like, I think with Dean, like I'd, I'd much rather play Lucas Dina at a defender spot for, for 10 to 12 points there, then take up uh, a midfield forward spot with Hamas at 7,700 when I have, when I have other options, it's kind of weird to say like, 
yeah, defender. I think you're. I think in cash, I think the best build is three defenders because we'll get we'll get to a the, probably the the highest owned player on the slate in a second. Uh, but I just don't. I don't think a lot of people are going to build. I think in cash something some combination of uh, James McNeil Gross and play two of them. That would be the that would be like the safe cash construction. And I'm not saying that I won't do that. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it's 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 clear cut that that's what you should be doing. I I, I don't I don't think it's clear cut that you why can't you play Werner instead? Why can't you play you could if you Bertrand Traore or El Ghazi or the Aston Villa guys or even going down. This is weird for me to say. If he starts up top, uh, Calvert Lewin at 6400 has a much higher ceiling than Hamez, much lower floor. But if you're paying if, if you're making a lineup like. In cash, I'm saying, of like Mount plus James Ward-Prowse and then paying up for three defenders. Like, yes, that doesn't look like a traditional, like in a vacuum cash play. But the lineup as a whole has a great floor and ceiling combination. Yep. It just relies on, you know, a little bit of gold dependency in one spot. But I think Calvert-Lewin is a little too cheap at 6400 So, like, I'm, am I going to play that lineup in cash games? Maybe not. But I, I at least have to consider these things a little bit more. And I don't think, I think Hamas will be high owned in cash. And I just don't, he, he really doesn't have the, as high of a floor as people think with him splitting set pieces and rarely playing 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more with basically all of that. Um, starting with just to piggyback what you guys said about Villa. Um, I'd be worried to play any of those guys. Um, especially Buendia or El Ghazi for that price. We don't know who's going to be on set pieces, but I'll say no matter who starts, I'd kind of lean towards Matt Target still maybe being on left-sided corners. So that, that's another guy to throw in there. So it, it just it just makes uh, Villa seem much too risky. Uh, James as well. You know, we've heard, you know, that Benitez was trying to get rid of him. Um, he hasn't been playing 90, probably doesn't have a monopoly. Uh, Andros Townsend is there now. I'm not really sure that affects anything. Uh, the one thing going for James is, you know, he's pretty cheap and the matchup against Southampton is pretty good. So you can get away with it there. Um, yeah, Jordan, about you, you mentioning high stakes cash and, um, switching strategy a little to, uh, get a little bit more upside and ceiling potential. I mean, if, if I was to play, some cash or even some high stakes cash this week, I'd have a tough time leaving Werner out of my lineups. Um, yeah, th- these other guys are, are of course viable. Um, but the ceiling is considerably less on guys like McNeil, uh, even gross probably. Um, the problem I- with growth to me, to me, Ryan, the problem with gross is not only is M- if March is back and they're playing a three, four, three and, I mean, because we saw Gross was great with a monopoly, but also Gross doesn't play in the front anymore. Like Gross mm-hmm. is playing as a central box-to-box midfielder now, and they're playing this three-four-three. Yeah, he's not playing the defensive midfield role, but he's not playing the attacking, like going to be in the front three or the in that ten position. That if March is going to take half the corners, like what actual what is. What is Pascal Gross? He's just a, a fancy Aaron Ramsey or something, you know, like, he, no, yeah. like, like, it, like for 6,800, like I am, I, I need to know he's on, un- if he was playing more forward and had more of a set piece monopoly, I think he's underpriced at 6,800. Yes. So if, it, if, it, if, if, if the Brighton lineup comes out and marches in, in it and Gross is playing with, you know, Maupai and, and, and everyone up top and Connolly or whatever, like then, then I'm fine. But I like, I think he's someone, he, to me, Gross and McNeil are in GPPs, the players that I wouldn't have. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. I had uh, about Gross. I had the exact same conversation yesterday uh, with my brother. I think it's very important to check for formations and see where Gross is. Uh, I don't expect him to be attacking, like you said. I expect him to sit back in more of a holding midfield role and then I wouldn't have much interest but if he is a little bit more forward that changes everything then 6800 is a very good price and he's going to be taking shots and more involved in the attack so I think uh, 
yeah, he's definitely a player that, you know, the decision about him hinges on where he lines up. Before we go any further, are you trying to imply that Aaron Ramsey is not fancy? I'm just saying he's not, he's, he's not a, not a DFS. I'm not sure I can take any Rambo slander on this podcast. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really here for it either. I'm a, I'm a Rambo fan. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we can we can we finally can we stop burying the lead of like, the most owned player on the slate is going to be Ryan Bertrand? I was going to say we the defender spot. I was going to say we have an entire cash game conversation. Leicester City heavily favored, and we didn't say the name James Madison because none of us are going to play him because we're going to play Ryan Bertrand. Or I mean, like we saw last or year, Tillemans. right? It's like okay, Madison is the DFS darling. He takes a monopoly of everything, attacking position, plays ninety most games. And then he gets injured, and then Tielemans plays box to box, and he's taking everything. So now we're playing him, and his price starts coming up. And then it's like, okay, now they're both healthy. And then Tielemans was still taking all of the stuff. So like Madison's price started coming down and down and down, and he still has upside. And then we see in the preseason that Ryan Bertrand gets signed over from Southampton, and he's taking he's taking everything from everywhere. Does it does? Like there's no split, there's no nothing. We we have to go by if you remember the Gareth Barry with uh, the, the rule of recent evidence. Uh, I think Ryan Bertrand, even without set pieces at 4300, is a viable play in cash games. Regardless, like if you need, if you needed to pay down at defender 4300 for okay favored, you know they're gonna play. He's gonna play wide and and, and bomb forward. But you tell me that he's going to be on every set piece. Like, did, if this stays the way it is, Ryan Bertrand's going to be a seventy-five hundred dollar defender by the end of the month. Yeah the, yeah. the the good news is is that we've had one official game and he took everything. So I mean, if you ha- if you take a hundred percent in all of the last one real games, then yeah, I'm I'm in. But he's yeah, the reason uh, you're playing three defenders in cash. Ryan, Ryan, would you would you fade someone like that in 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 a, in a GPPs? Um. I wouldn't. No, I'm not. No, uh, he seems like just too good of a play. Yeah, having all the set pieces for 4,300 uh, for Lester, who's a significant favorite. Yeah, it's just it's too good of a play. Um, he's not going to fail that often. So no, I think he's a good uh, GPP play too. Um, you mentioned that you might consider him in cash if he didn't have set pieces. I kind of. I would kind of want to put a stop to that thought. Um, I don't. If you think... have to pay down for a 4K level defender, okay. I don't think well, this is the slate, what you do? Like, I don't think I think you end up end up playing, you know, the two Chelsea defenders and 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 Dean, and you play that type of lineup. But I'm saying, yeah, na- name me a 4K level defender that like, like right? No, no. Okay. Normally, right, Maddie sure. Cash is the answer. By the way, Norm- thirty seven. Normally, um, normally I would agree with you. On this slate, I would say there's too much opportunity cost up top. And then specifically about Bertrand, um, I never love rostering a left-sided defender against Adama Traore. Um, so that would lead me to not do it. Um, but yeah, I think your point's valid. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So, Andrew, now that we've crapped all over everything other than one gun guy in your cash lineup, are, are we are we are we going by uh, it, the fact that okay, if he starts, James Ward Prowse plays ninety minutes because there's no nothing else that he doesn't do other than play the entire game and take every set piece for Southampton. So I was looking back because when it looked like he wasn't going to play, I was like, all right, well, surely somebody took a set piece in a Premier League game last year for them that wasn't James Ward Prowse, <laughs> and the answer is. Literally nobody did. He played no. every minute of the entire Sorry, entire Ryan Bertrand took a few, but he's not there anymore, so I don't think it shows up. That, that's what I meant. You're right. You're right. So nobody on the team. And, like, they have guys who we think might. Like, Redmond has taken them before, maybe two seasons ago, maybe in a cup match or Stuart Armstrong. But, like, there's really just so little that would be the case. So I was like, who's the cheap guy we get to play because Ward Prowse is out? And then it's like, oh, he might play. And if he starts, then we know he always plays. But like, I think even if you, if there was like, there's zero percent chance that he plays more than seventy minutes, I think we still play him. Uh, yeah, I think uh, to answer your question, I think you just assume he's healthy and plays ninety minutes. That's what that's what I would do. Uh, he, he's James James Ward Prowse. Uh, always plays ninety minutes, and I usually go by. I mean, unless we hear otherwise. If a guy starts the game, I consider him basically fully fit. And if he's a guy that normally plays 90, I just assume he's going to. That's fair. So um, if we think that Bertrand is the highest owned player in cash and possibly GPPs, does the ownership separate more with Ward-Prowse? Meaning like Ward-Prowse in GPP won't be nearly as owned as he is in cash. I, oh, I think it, I, th- I think it'll flip. I think I think in cash, James Ward Prowse will be higher owned than Mason Mount. I think Mason Mount will be higher owned than GPP than James Ward Prowse. I think James Ward Prowse is a staple of people that play double ups and head to heads, and he'll still be one of the higher owned players in GPPs. But I think more people are going to try to get Chelsea into their lineups. That a seventy seven hundred dollar James Ward Prowse just you know, someone's, they're going to play Havertz or Werner or Mount or, you know, the defenders or, you know, they, there's going to be other, other players in there. Uh, that I think James, I think James, it's weird to say, I think James Ward-Prowse has sneaky ceiling that people don't, mm-hmm. because he takes those free kicks and obviously he, cr- he creates I think he's on penalties hands. now I mean, too. Right. I think people look at him as like this, this floor play and really like, Yes, he plays box to box and he's not out wide, but he's like literally involved in almost every every offensive sequence to Southampton that you know when he when he hits a ceiling, he gets his 30 points. I mean, he's he's one of those type of guys where you could pretty much kind of lock in kind of 10-ish points from him doing nothing. And then if he ends up parts of goals and parts of assists and everything, and you know, if they go down, right? Southampton goes down, which is more likely in this game against Everton. Like James Ward-Prowse could have one of those games where it's 16 crosses, five chances created, and an assist. And and you're sitting there, you're going, you know, he shows up with 26 points. And it's like beats out people that score great. I mean, like Havertz scores two goals on two shots. Yeah. And James Ward-Prowse beats him in scoring without scoring anything other than an assist. So like, like James Ward-Prowse is not... To me, I it's weird to say I'd rather play James Ward Prowse in GPP than Mason Mount. Um, I like yeah, I like both of them for GPP. Uh, I agree with you about Ward Prowse. Uh, if they going down early to Everton would be ideal. That, that's a perfect situation for Ward Prowse. Uh, yeah, he made I think three direct free kicks last year. Um, arguably one of the best dead ball takers in the world. Yeah. Probably on penalties too. Now that Danny Ings uh, is gone, uh, yeah. So you gotta like uh, Ward Prowse for GPPs as well. Uh, I'd absolutely play him over someone like James Madison. Is there a concern? I was going to bring this up in the cash discussion with Werner, but like 
we're thinking about the Chelsea upside, but they're like they have by far the highest win odds, but like their projected team totals not like overly high. I mean, it's high, but it is it just silly to think that? I mean, not silly, but like it seems like fading Chelsea in GPPs makes more sense to me than like trying to get different Chelsea pieces. Am I on the yeah. right? Path? No, you're you're right. Fading Chelsea in GPPs uh, from a game theory perspective is clearly the move. Um, they do have, you know, it, you're right. It's not the highest total, but it's considerably higher than I think the other teams still. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess the Palace total is so low that the game right, total isn't that right. Um, but yet, to your point, like teams like Leicester and Everton, the other two favorites, are probably going to go overlooked, um, and they could make for better GPP plays than Chelsea. Absolutely, right. I was going to talk about that before we before I go to GPPs because Ryan's on the same track as me. Uh, let's just mention the fact that we have a recently promoted side, Watford, that people may not be as familiar with. Uh, is the is this what is the sense of their set piece situation between because it could be cleverly could be sema it could i mean could i mean some of these tebow i mean like it could be any of these guys uh until there's something clearly you know shown like i don't you don't even need these guys like like that's what i said like yeah we joked around before that i'm going to be playing tom cleverly right because he's possibly the cheapest set piece taker you have ashley westwood you got joe matinho Right, these are the kind of the boring floor guys that you could, if they're the last piece in your lineup, I think they're perfectly fine. Yeah, I could force them in, no. But I'm saying, but for for Watford, if you were to play a Watford four floor player, I mean, who, who would it, it be? Who would it be? Yeah, that's tough. I think you know I'm going to assume that Cleverly has half the set pieces. Um, and I'll assume that one of their left-footed players, either Loza or Sema, has the other ones. Um, you know, it's purely a guess, but I'd kind of, I just guess Loza. I mean, it's a pretty big signing for Watford, and he took set pieces uh, last season for Nance in the French League. Uh, like 22-year-old. Uh, Moroccan French player, one of those really talented guys. So I think that's where I'd lean, but you're right. Like it's, it's, it's uncertain. I uh, can't really be confident. Um, I think the benefit of Watford is that they're not good enough for us to have to worry about it. Like I don't, they they don't generate a ton of attacking stats. They are very good defensively, but I think that's more keeping goals out as opposed to not allowing fantasy points. Like that's why I was a little more positive on Aston Villa's at least floor points. But you guys do make the good point that those are so spread out that it doesn't matter. I think we're going to see a, a very consistent trend with Watford this season of trying to figure out who's on their set pieces and then seeing that uh, Ishmaeli Sar leads them in, in floor points every game. Yes. And, and without set pieces. Yeah, I was took the words out of my mouth. Um, if Watford are going to be getting three, four set pieces a game, uh, right. Sars Sars going to be their top player, even from a floor perspective, with crosses from open play, fouls drawn, shots, yeah, every, everything. So I agree, Sars even their top guy from a floor perspective, in my opinion. Unless we see somebody, yeah, come out and have a monopoly of sets. You're right. Like I think sixty five hundred is a pretty good price for him, but it's like I don't. It just doesn't feel like a slate that I need to have a Watford player, but he's the Watford player if I need one. Yeah, um, for tournaments, um, I think he's a great tournament play, just like, you know, sort of based on the fact you said, I don't think this is a slate where it feels like you need or want to have a Watford player. Um, I'd like it if most everybody in the in the tournament feels that way, and I'll, I'll take a low-owned, cheap uh, Ismail Asar. He's got a ceiling too if he can get on the on the score sheet. For G, for GPPs, for GPPs, yeah. Yeah, let, let, let's let's can we, are we are we done with the cash for discussion? Can we go into the GPPs? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two people that I that this is I, I'm gonna tell you Lester is my favorite GPP team on the slate. Mm -hmm. Uh 
the large field, small field, whatever. I mean, this, this is how I view, because now that we have real slates and we have all the lineups out at once, we don't have to make the decision if he's going to play whatever. Now we could look and see all of them. We could predict the ownership a little bit easier and all that type of stuff. What I'm expecting. So I start my, my GPP play, especially in the smaller field stuff where the chalk tends to be chalkier. Go, what are these lineups going to look like? Okay. They're going to look, they're going to have Bertrand. They're going to have James. They're going to have James Ward Prowse. Like I'm, I'm, I'm picturing that type of lineup like that. Uh, what are they? And then, if people are going to stack and kind of go towards a game, I'm going to consume Chelsea. I'm assuming the, the construction for the four guys that are going to be the highest owned are going to be uh, some combination of James, Dean, uh, Bertrand, Ward Prowse, and Chilwell or James, you know, some type of that type of combination. And then people will be like, oh, I'm going to switch this guy to Werner, or I'm going to play Werner and Mount, or I'm going to do, you know, something like that. I think less people. People, we're going to have all these people with Bertrand in their lineups. So let's say we take the large field, the high stakes GPP. Maybe Bertrand's 70% owned. Well, what is Bertrand's ceiling correlated to? Well, assisting some goal that is not going to be as high owned in that console. Like, why aren't I playing Vardy instead? Why aren't I playing Ayosi Perez or Harvey Barnes, especially in the midfield spot where people are going to look and go like, well, maybe I'll play Madison. Maybe it just seems like Lester has so many upside options that there's no one clear one. And because there's no one clear one, it just drops the ownership of all of them together. Why can't I play Bertrand with two of them and just go Lester three, nothing and, you know, play and then play Schmeichel instead of Mendy, because most people, if they're going to pay up, they're going to find the extra 300 play Mendy. And then you fade and you, you, you don't worry about Chelsea at all and hope for a three nothing Leicester game. Everton, you could do the same thing, but it's a little bit more complicated because there are less upside options. You have people that play James may play James and Calvert Lewin together. They may play Dean James Calvert Lewin as their stack. So to me, if if I'm going to do that, maybe instead of I would only play one of Hamez or Dean and hope that one of them gets a bulk of the set piece opportunities and the other one doesn't and then pair them. Like if I'm not going to play, if I play Hamez, maybe I play, maybe I play Hamez with, uh, uh, you know, like Seamus Coleman instead, right? Or one of the center backs and pay down or something like that and then play Pickford in that lineup who will also be lower owned than, than Mendy as well. So like, it doesn't mean that I'm not, so people look at like, oh, well, people are going to play uh, James and Dean, so I'm going to fade Everton. It's like, no, there's tons of ways that Everton score without yeah. one of these guys having having a game that you need in tournaments. And the same thing applies for, uh, to me, it's the clearest on Leicester because all these guys are at price points that you'd, that you'd, quote, rather play Chelsea players at. Yet Bertrand is going to be mega-owned. And if he has an assist, if Bertrand gets a clean sheet and an assist, like one of these other guys is going to hit a ceiling and going to either at worst equal a Chelsea player and at best outscore them. Am, am, are you on the same page, Ryan? No, I, I think you're spot on pretty much. Uh, st- starting at keeper, first of all, yeah, like Schmeichel or um, Pickford. I love those guys in tournaments because, yeah, they're going to be much less popular than Mendy. So nobody likes to play the expensive keepers that aren't, you know, from the elite teams. Um, that That's going to be true on this slate too. So I like that. Um, I also think it's uh, definitely possible that Leicester are the most dominant team on the slate tomorrow against Wolves. And they're not um, really going to be owned, uh, at least as much as they should be. Like you said, um, there's goals in that team. I, I, I love going to Leicester. Um, players specifically, yeah, Ianacho, Vardy. Um, I really like Harvey Barnes. Uh, Madison is the guy I'd probably leave out. Um, you know, for the last two months of the year, last year, I thought Madison was basically the worst play on every slate that he was on. Um, just, I'll explain my thinking, but if, <laughs> if you look, okay, so... You got Madison, Harvey Barnes, Ian Nacho, and Vardy as the front four. 
Um, last year, Madison was usually the most expensive. If you look at those four players, Madison has the least chance to score a goal out of all of them. He has the highest sub risk in the last, uh, 10 games of the season, he played more than 77 minutes just once. Um, add to that that he's more popular than the other players as well. So he, literally every metric makes him the worst play of that group. Um, he doesn't really do anything without set pieces that sets him apart uh, from the other players. Now, if his ownership starts to drop, then I could be you know, back on him. But I'll look to the other uh, Leicester players, but overall, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think they'll be overlooked, and I think uh, they make for a great GPP target. The, the longer you went into that explanation, the more sure I am he's going to score on Saturday. Yeah, I know, right? I, 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 <laughs> I just locked him in. Yeah. For, for everyone who plans on playing Madison, I was planning on putting the ultimate jinx on him. So you're welcome. He, I don't think James Madison has ever been slaughtered as much as he just was. Uh, on this podcast. So. Oh man, you know, you know, I'll, I'll go on a little more. He gets the ball in so <laughs> many nice positions um, and he doesn't get crosses off when he should or shots off when he should. It's incredible how the amount of times I see him getting crosses and shots blocked when he should get them off. Um, I think I, I, there was a rumor going around. And I think it's true. Actually, they took him off set pieces because he actually hurt himself in the first place taking corners. Um, I don't remember him maybe one time scoring from a direct free kick. You know, people like to put Madison in the same category as Grealish and Mason Mount, but he's just not as good as them. Um, so I, I'm really going all in on Madison here. So, you know, play him tomorrow and get the brace. Um, but I'm going to be off of him. It'll be the 25 point brace too, not the 50 yeah, a, point big, brace. A, a big one. Yeah. Um, but if he starts playing 90 minutes again and, you know, people um, start to not play him because he doesn't have set pieces, then I'll jump back on because, you know, he still has open play value. Lester are going to score a lot of goals. They're getting better. They have dangerous players. He has great chance to be involved in assists. Um, even looking at some of the games last year when he wasn't on set pieces, he took six shots in a couple of those games, five shots in another one. So, you know, I don't see him making a lot of those long shots, but I don't know. He'll get better. He's a young player. So yeah, I'm not, uh, I still like James Madison. He's a nice player, but if he's going to be popular, I'll, I'll look elsewhere. So I have a question for you, Ryan. In sure. the case that someone would like to make, we've been, we've been saying the entire show that Chelsea high, highest on team, right? High ceiling, highest on team. They, you know, Mount, Werner, the fullbacks, you know, Mendy, they're going to be high owned. So like we we typically talk in terms of, well, how do we not play them and play someone else that right. can have more points? But you could still make Chelsea heavy lineups. That if Chelsea goes out and wins four nothing, you're gonna then there you go. That the the chalk Chelsea stack, you know, comes through. Pairing them up, on the other hand, do we a lot of times. People avoid the low total games. Now we have a we have a game between Burnley and Brighton that has a two total that has pieces that are going to be owned. That is going to have Gross. That's going to have McNeil have some ownership. Maybe Westwood slightly. Maybe it'll be maybe people that listen to my podcast from four years ago or something. I think it depends how many lineups you're putting in. <laughs> right, Solly March maybe or something like that. But like one of the one of the core things of especially large field GPPs is finding cheap goals. Now, I'm not sure if that's that prevalent on this slate because typically those are the slates where we have multiple midfielders to pay up for, like those Kevin De Bruyne-type slates where I'd love to play these two 10K midfielders, but then I have no one at forward, and you try to... Then you play the Chris Woods and the Neil Maupies and and try to get one goal out of them. So I'm not sure if that's that's necessarily the way to go on this slate, but there's also going to be cheap midfielders that no one's going to play because there's really nothing to play down there. Uh, how would you go about Ryan? I don't know if you're going to play lineups like you, you're high on Werner, but maybe you yeah. play, maybe you play, maybe Chelsea gives up a goal, which lowers the floor of Chilwell and the, and, and Reese James and, uh, and Mendy busts. And maybe you're only playing like Werner Havertz in your in your in your lineup. Uh 
Or if you want to stack Chelsea, like where would you go to be different if you if you're deciding if you're deciding to say screw you, I don't care about the ownership. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play two, three, four Chelsea guys in my lineup. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally. You know, you know, normally I would love these cheap forwards if we had expensive midfielders to jam in. Um, I can still like them. You know, if I'm going to play Mount, for instance, and the Chelsea, uh, Chilwell or James and Werner, that's still a lot of money. So you're going to need some cheap guys. I always love these cheap forwards. If the guys that you mentioned are going to be higher owned, you know, and especially people look at that Brighton Burnley game being the lowest total, um, I'm definitely going to have interest in Mopai and maybe even more so Aaron Connolly if he starts. I mean, 3,700. Uh, for a forward against Burnley. Um, and yeah, people might not go there like they normally would because there isn't uh, a De Bruyne and a Bruno uh, to fit in the lineup. So that's a spot I would look. Um, um, I would, that's, that was sort of my thinking when I mentioned Saar and Watford, any of those Watford pieces, I don't think people are really going to play. So yeah, I think you can play this Chelsea chalk. I also think that like, you know, there's there's an outside chance that they that you know people are going to overthink this Chelsea spot too and try to get different just because, or maybe convince themselves that Crystal Palace might stay in the game. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not sure they're going to be like overwhelming chalk. I mean, yeah, they're going to be the most popular, but I think you can. I'll get different with goal scorers, I guess. And I think, and I think that will be enough with cheap goal scorers, uh, with cheap goalies. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways you could do it. Um, any of those cheap forwards. So this slate's obviously bigger than what we had for like most of last season. Like we had a bunch of like three gamers, maybe a four all staggered starts. Is this slate big enough where you really don't have to think about playing anyone from Crystal Palace or Wolves like Azaha or Raul Jimenez if he starts like are those guys just too far away given their matchups that it's almost not even the the upside is just not even worth the risk in in large field GPPs Palace mm. I would have well Pat no the thing if you wanted to play uh Palace you'd be playing the goalkeeper and a defender you'd be playing for the for the one nothing upset win, and who cares about the goal score at that point? Because they probably only have twelve points as it is, because they scored on a counter, right? So Zaha has twelve or thirteen or something. But uh, the Palace keeper, you know, they're the biggest scorer on the slate, right? The cheapest keeper, Raid is sitting there with twenty six points because he also had to make a bunch of saves in the process. So to me, in large field GPPs, five games is enough. Where if I'm playing Palace, I'm playing I'm playing the goalkeeper. I'm playing some some the result like that. I think uh, Wolves is I think Wolves is fine. I mean I don't think anyone else. I think Palace is the big enough underdog that not really considering you know as an away team to get that much upside. Yeah, can you find can it can they go out and beat them three nothing? Yes, it could happen, but you don't you, you may not even need them to win a GPP. So so I get that, but the 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 Wolves guys like. They're going to be low owned, Adama Traore or or Jimenez or Trink if they they play Trincao, especially, but them be only being midfield eligible. Like they Wolves are going to be completely overlooked, but I mean, I are they so inefficiently overlooked? Probably not. Yeah, but, I mean, um, it seems like Wolves would be the type of team that you'd play in a lineup that you're playing chalk. chalk you're playing if you're playing the chalk and you're like, I want to put Raúl Jimenez in instead of. James Rodriguez, and I'll go. Okay, I can see where I can see him showing up with two goals. Sure, okay, that makes sense. But I'm not. I'm. It doesn't seem like the type of team where I'm playing. I'm. I'm going to play uh, Semedo plus Matinho plus Trio. I'm like. I'm not playing three four. Not doing that. Yeah. yeah. To stack up a three nothing game or something. Um, I agree. Good. Good point, Andrew. Five games makes it so you probably don't have to target these crystal palace attackers of course you can you know we know what kind of talent zaha is he can come up with a goal against anybody if it was a three game slate i think you know you'd have some could have some interest in a team like palace who who wouldn't be owned on a three game slate either um 
Like, I don't mind it, but yeah, it's probably not somewhere I'm going to go. I don't think you need to go there to get different with five games. So yeah, I'd prefer um, Watford, maybe even Southampton, Burnley. Those are those even Wolves, like Jordan said, those teams are all fine too. They're not going to be owned either on a five game slate. So you can, I guess, take the better of the bad plays in those games. We don't talk about them much and they are certainly more viable on smaller slates, but I'll bring it up anyway. Is, is there any interest in a game stack thinking one of these games goes off on both sides and that's that outscores, you know, the Chelsea and Leicester, if that's not the game stack, like the one I'm really looking at is Everton Southampton. Like, I think that one, if things got stupid and all of a sudden that one's three, three, like we're not like overly shocked. And theoretically, if both those teams score three, they could be the two highest scoring teams on the slate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess I'm interested to hear Jordan's opinion on game stacking both sides in soccer. It's not something I normally do, you know, it's been in the premier league, I guess you rarely get games that, that play that way. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it happens. Uh... I the, my take on this is that I could I could see st- we have to use the term what the term stacking means because to me stacking is two guys from a team. I mean, like so, like to me, a game stack is two plus two, not yeah. three plus three. The yeah. problem I have with with the game stacks is that if you if you if you looked at the data, like the the correlation of defender ceilings to clean sheets is high enough that they would need a goal or an assist to make up for that in a game stack type of environment. So when I quote game stack, typically I'm not including a defender. So, which means how am I taking six guys from a game? Cause I would have to take the, you were not going to take the goalkeeper. You're not going to take the defenders. So like, yes, if you want to stack up Everton Southampton and you want to go, I'm going to play uh Hamez and, uh, Calvert Lewin and James Ward Prowse and Che Adams or something like that. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. Okay. And but then I'd be, I'd be in those types of lineups. I'm more likely to double stack, double defensive stack another team. Like I'm playing the with Burn- your goal. I'm, right. I'm playing. Uh, you know, the game stack, the two plus two of Everton Southampton, and then I'm playing Nick Pope, Charlie Taylor, and James Tarkowski. You know, to get cheaper. You know, a cheaper defender and playing yep. that and with as part of my lineup where that game is just, you know, Pope has six saves, doesn't even get the win, but gets the clean sheet. And it's like the defenders get clean sheets and, you know, they score enough. Like, I just don't, I, I just, I never like putting in a guy that I know has, I'm decreasing their ceiling because I need another player in my lineup to score a goal. So Um, on, 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 on a three game, two game, three game slate, you can't avoid that. On a three game, we had some of these three game slates where you could do. Because what, who else are you playing in the defender spot? You only have so many choices. On a five game slate, I just don't. Yeah, it'll happen, but they'll need a goal or an assist because you want to come in first in these large field GPPs. So, like, I don't want to cap my ceiling at all. So, yeah, that's why I find it hard to play three plus threes or anything game stack like that. But two plus two, two plus one, three plus one. Especially if that one is a goal scorer or a heavy crosser, like you right. can play like James Ward Prowse plus Calvert Lewin, Rodriguez, James, uh, and Dean as a game. St- like, what's wrong with? It? I mean, that's almost sounds like your cash line. I mean, like you can <laughs> right. play those those players. I mean, like same thing for Lester. Like if you wanted to play uh, uh, Jimenez, Triori, and uh, and 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 Bertrand and Vard, like you could do that. Bertrand's on set pieces. I don't care about his defender eligibility because he's 4,300. And if he's going to be wide and Lester's going to be down, he's going to cross eight times, have 10 set pieces. Like, what, what do I need to clean sheet from him anymore? I don't care at that right. point. Yeah, I, I definitely love running Everton back with just like Ward-Prowse, for instance. You know, the, 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 the any matchup where you have a set piece taker who's going to benefit from going down, uh, then, then it just – correlates perfectly so that makes a lot of sense as far as uh the defenders i think on this slate like i i'll usually leave the defenders out of it when i think they're they're very good plays like i mean chillwell james dina bertrand like 
they're just good plays, even if they allow a goal. Um, so I, I'm not like too concerned with the clean sheet there. So I, I don't necessarily think you need to include them. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Like Jordan, you get a goal from your center back, of course, like that's, that's how you win a GPP, uh, also, especially those large, large field ones. So I don't mind it there. Or, you know, if you mentioned Charlie Taylor and Burnley, yeah, he, he gets a lot of assists to Chris Wood, for instance. So I, I don't mind a pairing there. Um, you, you want your guy to get on a score sheet, but, um, just make sure it makes sense, you know, the, the scenario that you're if you're stacking both sides of a game that like you can see the game going from that or that that way. So, so you're telling me that in the Burnley Brighton game, I shouldn't stack it by playing Jack Cork, a, a Bra a Cork Brownhill with Basuma and Enveltman. Like, 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 like that's not the yeah. way to stack that game. That's probably not the way. No, like you could go for an early Burnley goal, for instance, you know, Taylor to to wood and run it back with one of Brighton's set piece takers, gross or March. And with, uh, that, then they get a goal to tie it up from Mopai, Trossard or Connolly. Um, then you play whoever else you want, play all the best plays besides that. And you'll be different. Um, yeah, that's a way to win. Are there any best plays left after you're playing Basuma and Connolly? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll do that double stack and I'll stack up, uh, Aston Villa with Nakamba. And, there you go. and Tyrone Mings, and then Marvelous. play uh, uh, cleverly, and 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 someone else in a Tebow. I guess the game stack is really just like the top four positions generally. Like I guess with like some te like Everton or Chelsea, you could throw in the fullbacks, but I guess it's more you're you're obviously never game stacking or rarely game stacking for a zero, you know, a scoreless draw. But you're not generally going with the defender so basically well, you're doing that in showdown stuff. yeah for sure you should definitely <laughs> take both teams you should definitely in game stack and showdown we want to definitely make sure game stack and showdown. very clear that when you're playing a one game contest that you play players from both sides only, of that yeah game. only play guys from that game right yeah um just one last thing about stacking um you could go the other way too. Six players, five or six players from Chelsea, Leicester, Everton, uh, five nothing. You 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 win yeah. all the money. That 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 happens too, and people don't really like to do that. So that that's always an option. Basically, making a showdown lineup in classic. Yeah, I mean, well, you just we look at these games, and there's low totals in lots of them. If one of them goes off. And there's not many goals on the slate, and they're all in one game. Like Chelsea score four, Leicester score four. That that stack's just gonna, it's it's gonna do great. There's not like when there when there's not goals, and when there's when there's not a bunch of plays we like, and a, a bunch of questionable scenarios and uncertain set piece situations. Uh, it doesn't take much. So yeah, I like I like stacking one game and hoping the others are duds. Is there any thought that we keep talking about Chelsea and haven't mentioned Jorginho yet and that he's the only goal scorer tomorrow or Saturday? Uh, um, yeah, I, I no, I'm glad you did, though. That makes sense, too. Um, yeah, Jorginho on penalties, the one thing I'll say, and um, I think we got to be thankful for this, but the Premier League's changed the rules, apparently. We're not going to see as many pens. Um, I believe that, too. They're going to... You know, I I forget exactly what they said, but like when when there's basically like a tie between the players, or it's or when there's do you know what they said, Andrew? About I think it's basically to... that it has to be egregious. The, instead of tie goes to the runner, like in baseball, this is like tie goes to the defender, and so yeah, kind of ticky tack. So, there, it will not be a penalty. We we've seen so many penalties recently in the Premier League and in the Euros. Um, I'm gonna go with that they're not going to be as many. Um, now, now most people might do that and that, you know, makes, you know, Jorginho, I guess he's okay too. Just, you know, Chelsea being a minus 357 favorite for 4,700, he can get an assist from, from open play too. But I think you're really probably playing him for, for the penalty on this slate. Um, it's fine. I don't know. It, I, I think we were just uh, contractually obligated to mention Jorginho on pens when he's on the slate. That's all, Ryan. Since we did, yeah. It every, I mean, I think we mentioned in what every Euro slate, and he never took one. Never took one. Yep, Italy didn't get any. Uh, did we forget anyone? 
Um, I hope not. But everybody I mean, I else. Tom is Cleverly. That I mean, I, that's that's all we need to make sure to mention. We've just yeah, we've said the name Tom Cleverly way too many times, especially for how long, <laughs> how much we talked about GPPs that uh, he's coming up. But like, like, I guess there's a few like we didn't mention all the GPP forwards. Like, like, Aston Villa is a favorite. I don't know how many people are gonna uh, go to Danny Ings, but he seems okay. Uh, Similar price, Chris Wood. He he basically looked like Burnley's version of Harry Kane towards the end of last <laughs> season. I don't think many people are going to play him. He he's he's unplayable at times when he when he's in form. Uh, I think you can go there for for a low own goal. Um, Jordan briefly mentioned Nathan Tella at the start. This is a exciting young player. He even picks up some peripheral points. He, he could be involved in a goal. Um, I actually yeah, I don't think, think Tella is the worst cash play. Yeah, no, you know, the, he's another one where if we had midfielders to spend right. up on, it would make him look even better. But yep. yeah, just in general, I, I think like he, he can, yeah, in general, I think he's okay as well. Cool. All right. If anybody has any follow-up questions for Jordan, you can find him on Twitter at Blenderhead, BlenderHD. You can find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Belongi. You can find me at Rotowire Andrew. Also available in the Rotowire Discord, which is open for all subscribers. If you are a subscriber and haven't joined that, just go to rotowire.com slash chat to get in there. If you are not a Rotowire subscriber and want to try us out for free for 10 days, just go to rotowire.com slash soccer trial. Get you access to the entire site, um, particularly the soccer stuff that you are watching this video or listening to this podcast for. So check that out. If you are watching this on YouTube, if you could please rate or excuse me, like it with the like button below. And if you're listening to the audio version, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. Jordan, Ryan, thank you for that. And good luck on Saturday. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.